Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. So when should a buy and hold landlord actually think about selling? I bet you never thought that you would hear me talk about this, but this was actually a great topic that Anna, Kelly, and I had to talk about when should we sell. And there are a couple of times that buy and hold investors should sell. So take a, take a look, take a listen, and enjoy the view. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And I have a question for Miss Anna Kelly that I've always wanted to ask. But first, let's welcome her to the show. Hi. Hi, good to be here today. Nice to be here. So we've talked a lot about when to buy, how to learn a market, the economy. But I don't think I've ever asked you, when do you sell? Right? We, we talk about buy and hold, hold forever. But you and I both know you just sold that first fourplex. We heard the story a week or two ago. So let's talk about when we sell, because I've sold some units here as well. Uh, and um, I think there's only a couple of reasons why I sell, but I'd love to hear a few from you. Great. Um, so first, before I, before I tell you how I look at things, I will say that generally speaking, it's very difficult to time the market, right? So there's a, a phrase, time in the market is better than timing the market Amen. because it's very, very difficult to time it perfectly, right? Yeah. Um, I have thought that we were at the top and the peak oversupply in real estate, top of the cycle early. And I sold some things early in tw late 2018, early 2019, thinking there are signs of pain in the economy, there are signs of recession. U.S. manufacturing was actually in a recession. And so I thought, you know, there's these signs. There was an inversion of the yield curve. I thought we're heading into recession. It's probably within 18 months if the yield curve is a good predictor, right? Mm -hmm. So I sold some properties. Mm -hmm. I made good money off of them and I used them to buy more, right? Mm -hmm. So when I look back though, and I think, man, if I had waited to sell those till after the pandemic yeah. and till you know, late 2021, I would have made a lot more money, right? So I'm like, man, I sold too soon. Me too. Yeah. The reality is I watch markets and I watch big cycles. And I try to tell, are we at the bottom? If we're in recession, we know that there's usually late recessions, about 10 months of pain, 10 to 12 months of recession. You've got about two years of recovery. And then you usually have two to five, six, seven years of growth before you hit the top, you have oversupply, low unemployment, um, and then things start to slow down and then you come back down. So I do watch big cycles and say, are we closer to the top? And if we're closer to the top and we start to see things happen in the economy that make us think that it's about to enter recessionary ter territory, like we are today, by the way, mm -hmm. um, I start to sell some things to take some risk off the table and to try to continue to buy assets that are going to be recession resilient, mm -hmm. get me through the recession with very little pain, and then have some dry powder, have some liquidity when I sell close to the top so that when things do come down, 
I'm in a better position to really take advantage of, of that downward market. So I do try to time with big cycles, but I've gotten it wrong. Yeah. I've gotten it wrong about interest rates. When I thought, you know, after 2008, I thought rates are going to skyrocket eventually. I didn't have a good enough understanding of the history of the Fed and when they raise and lower rates, right? So I made some bad decisions about when do I lock in rates, thinking they'll never be this low again, and then they went way lower, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I've learned to become a student of the economy, to watch big warning signs. It's green, it's red, it's yellow. And then to say, where is my risk tolerance? This is really important. And am I willing to take the risk that um, things come down faster than I think they will? Do I take some of that risk off the table or do I just keep writing it, hoping that we're a long way from the top? Um, I've made better and better decisions the more I've become a student of the economy and I watch these things, these real estate cycles and these economic cycles. Um, and because of that, because of what I've learned, I have sold my half of my personal portfolio and four out of the last big five syndications I've done in the last couple of years, um, we have we have under contract to sell. Nice. Okay. Yeah. When I think about selling, there's really two, really three reasons of I walk through when I have sold. So I wrote about in my first book, One Rental at a Time, we sold out of all of our houses and moved into apartment buildings, right? Via 1031 exchange. What that year? Was, that was, so we started late 05. We sold out by the end of 06. So we got out near, right near the peak in my market. No, no downside. Yes. Um, so how, how did we do that? It was really, really simply, I couldn't buy them 10th house because I wouldn't buy a negative cash flow. I would not get toxic debt structures. Yes. Um, so again, that was, that was more about, I couldn't find the next deal. Somebody brought up small multi. So we, we, we went from eight to 80 because we simply put, we couldn't buy the next house. That was similar to today, similar to today. Yeah. Similar to today. Then 2019, like you, uh, I thought it, it, for me in 2019 houses were fine, but apartments, right. My market Fresno, California generally trades at an eight to eight and a half cap right? It's a tertiary market, second tier market. Uh, and cap rates got down to five, right? Five and a quarter for yeah. C, C class stuff. So I'm like, been here before, know how this party ends. I'm selling out. Little did I know they would go down to four uh, exactly. because of the pandemic, right? So I left a lot of money on the table, but I got to tell you, I feel okay. I made the right call at the right time. Yes. Didn't see this coming. So did I, did I le lose a lot of money? Yeah. But I think I still made the right call with the data I had at that time. Absolutely. And then the other thing, there was one triplex that I bought in the depth of the crash. So I bought it right. But I beat this thing up for like 10 years trying to make it perform. And every year it disappointed for this, that, the other reason. I finally gave up and sold that, uh, I guess about a year ago now. I, I just did my taxes. So it was early last year. That was the only other reason. I just felt like I was snake bitten on that. Other than that, all my stuff has a debt structure that I can hold forever. Um, I will absolutely sell if it, if the affordability drops, like single families still in Fresno are in the, in the 30s. I get nervous in the mid-20s. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so those are the only reasons I sell my rentals. Uh, now let me ask you about your owner. Let me ask about where you and your family live. Is there a price or a reason you would ever sell and maybe rent or move your primary home? Is there any reason? Um, before I answer that, I just want to say something on that last sure. point. Um, it is really important. So when we talk about these big cycles and timing, right? Mm -hmm. 
regardless of where we are in the cycle, if you have an alligator property that's not becoming anything other than an alligator, you should be looking at your portfolio every single year. So every single year, Michael, when I'm doing my taxes, and I look at it more frequently, but I have an exercise to say, is this property performing to the best use of my money? And is, have I met my business plan? And am I happy to continue withholding this property? Or does it become more pain than the return that it's generating? And sometimes properties that I thought were going to be amazing, it's better for me to sell. Or sometimes if they're worth way more today than I ever thought they'd be worth, and I don't think that particular property will work, be worth that again with what's mm-hmm. coming, then I sell. But look every single year at your properties. Yeah. I'm a long-term buy and holder. It pains me to sell properties that I want to hold for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I don't do it lightly trying to time the market. I want to hold everything as long as I can, unless there's something that makes me go, eh, let's sell. Yeah. So that was a really good point. My own house, you know, I, I bought this house and I think I'm probably indicative of a lot of, of your listeners. I bought this house in September, 2020. Mm. So we were in the pandemic. Prices were down a bit. My interest rate was 2.6% for 30 years. I had never seen rates that low. So I was this move up buyer. I had been waiting. I was patient. We were living below our means. And I said, I'm not just going to go throw money at a huge house to have a huge house, but I wanted a pool. You know, I had an in-law, my mother-in-law, Um, that needed to sell her house after my father-in-law died. We wanted some land and we were patient and we waited. And when the prices fell and the rates were where they were, we bought the house that we said, this is our forever home. Now there's no way I would sell it, no matter how much money I could get, because the the rates I would pay and the prices I would pay to move are going to be way too high. So like most other people who have done the same thing, I'm like, if I want something different, I'll probably renovate my house, add on to it, but very little could make me actually move um, Mm -hmm. at this point. And I think that you're going to see that across the United States that as as interest rates go up, people are going to say, you know what, I'm going to stay where I am and I'll make my house what I want to make it. No, I think that is absolutely coming. Again, I think this is, this is, this, the fed, the fed broke housing because there's, there's again, 86% of loans are four and a half percent or lower. Right. And if you're on, if you're sub three, you're not going anywhere. Why no. would you? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing that could happen. I mean, we, we've locked in something. I think we're in the high twos. Yeah. We're not, I mean, there's, there's it, no, we're not. It's going crazy. Anywhere. I even got vacation rentals in the twos, Michael. <laughs> I mean, wow. really nice vacation rentals in the twos. I'll never, ever, ever sell them. You know, yeah. I'll make enough in a couple of years to probably you know, close to pay them off. And then yeah. it's like, thank you, Fed, for giving me low rates. Yeah, I have a couple of apartments I refied with a non-QM lender at 399, 30 year oh. money. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> That's, yeah. If That's you guys amazing. Don't, yeah. If you don't know, apartments generally are five, five, seven years, 25 AM. This is 30 year fixed rate in the threes. I'm so happy. So happy. Was this one to four unit apartments? Like no, two fours? No, no, 10, 18. Yeah, no bigger stuff. Oh my goodness. Well, big for me. Big I need your lender. Yeah, yeah. Steven <laughs> Dow from fail, Velocity but... Mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's not there today, obviously, but that yeah, I uh it was it was really cool. So this this is why we sell generally we are buy and hold forever. Uh yeah, if you have an alligator, yeah, it's prune that thing. Definitely if you could recoup some capital. Uh, alligator's bad. Don't create them, don't buy them, don't right. bet it on appreciation. Uh on right. and I do not approve. 
Absolutely. The one other thing I would say in terms of when people think about selling, if you are so debt heavy, right, that you've got a lot of properties in 2008, 2009, um, we were becoming building rich, but very cash poor, right? And then the the, uh, crisis made that tougher. So I have lived check to check, balance transfer one credit card to balance transfer the other credit card just to make sure that we don't go under if an AC unit goes out on an apartment. If that's you, you might think about selling a property if you don't have other sources of liquidity, right? So if you, and I know a lot of investors who are doing that now and during this time have spent every last penny you have to buy cash flowing real estate, that's fine. But if you have no liquidity and we see the signs that we do that there's more pain in the economy, if you can sell it for enough money where, and you think we're at a top that, that you've made your money and you can, you can sell for enough to give you six months of expenses. If you already don't have that, Mm -hmm. then it may be wise to sell a property just for that purpose. And I did that exact thing, Michael, Mm -hmm. at the end of 2018, right before I gave notice to leave my job at AIG, because I thought there's still some signs that recessions are coming. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to retire and I'm still going to go full-time in real estate but I sold a building to give myself a hundred thousand in liquidity. The building was great, but I knew I needed the liquidity just to have a safety cushion. And so I don't want you to go sell your only property, but if you don't have that safety cushion, you don't have an insurance policy or a 401k that has some money in a safe money market account, something that you can get to quickly and easily. Mm -hmm. I do recommend that you consider maybe selling a property and getting a little bit of liquidity. Yeah. I think that's wise advice. Cause again, something that people, I keep reminding people, everybody talks about a housing market. Lending drives housing. Yes. And, And as we saw from JP Morgan today, their earnings weren't spectacular. I would argue they were disappointing. They created a $900 million reserve for bad debt. They don't, you know, they warned of a recession. Yes. Uh, banks turn off. I, I again, yep. 800 credit score, six figure income, seven figure net worth. And banks said, no, yes. it happens. So, I yeah. had it happen to me twice last year. Yeah, it happened. So again, remember a little more liquidity into what's coming because you got to survive the bad times to thrive in the good times. So great advice on it. Where can people find you? Great. You can find me here every week on my playlist on One Rental at a Time. You can find me on social media at Anna Kelly, REI Mom, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And my website's reimom.com. Awesome. And folks, if you haven't listened to some of Anna's original videos, you need to hear this story from 2018. They are awesome. It's all there. Hundreds of hours for you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. Mm -hmm.